0: And I looked up and I saw the culinary school down the hall and thought immediately, I really want to explore this more. And I signed up for an information session the next week. And I signed up that day uh, to start going to culinary school. So it was, it honestly wasn't something I had even thought about before. It was literally a split decision. I think I do less critiquing the experience, but it does make me you know, look at a menu and I think, oh, what's, what's going to look good in a <laughs> photograph? We want to show off. Not only those places that have been around for a long time, but right next to them, I want you to see who the new up-and-coming chef is that just started this year.
1: It's the Culinary School Podcast, presented by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Here's your host, James Creange. Alright, welcome to the Culinary School Podcast. I'm your host, James Creange. Today, I'm joined by Crystal Vasteen, a Culinary School of Fort Worth graduate and a strong figure in the Fort Worth culinary community that wears many different hats. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Crystal.
0: Thanks for having me here.
1: Yeah, this is great. Um, this is, uh, you're a TCU graduate and we're uh, recording here in TCU. So uh, it was fun that you actually knew right where the studio was and I didn't <laughs> yes. have to go find you. <laughs>
0: That's always nice. Yeah,
1: so it was a good start for us. Um, so your background has pretty much always been in food, right? I mean, you got interested in... Uh, cooking and the culinary arts at a pretty young age. Is that correct?
0: Yes, it, it's always been, you know, part of my family. Um, from my grandma making tamales and my mom taking that, and I'll be the next one, next generation to take that over. So, cooking's always been, you know, part of my life, um, but definitely, you know, a lot more prominent in the last ten years or so.
1: Um, and so, did you? You know, when you were younger, um, was it always a passion or was it kind of um, like a chore at times with cooking?
0: <laughs> I don't think originally it was a passion. It was more of the reason the family got together. Um, so that's really, I saw it more of, of the reason for gathering. Um, and even when my mom was cooking, I was more allowed to watch. I it was like, okay, <laughs> you, you can watch what I'm doing, but it's, it's not your turn yet. So not until a little bit later in life, then I got to kind of participate a little bit more.
1: Uh, tell me about when you were in Chicago, um, I found this online, that you would have Sunday dinners every week. Um, tell me about uh, how that started and your creativity with the meals each week.
0: Right. Well, I, when I graduated from TCU's MBA program, um, gosh, nearly 15 years ago, um, <laughs> I moved to Chicago to work for AT&T in their leadership development program, and I moved there not knowing anyone. So that really was when I started cooking more because I didn't know anyone. And that was a way to get to know people was to have a Sunday dinner at my house and invite friends over uh, and get to know the people that I worked with and people in my neighborhood. So that's really where I started, you know, engaging a lot more and trying to teach myself and calling mom and trying to understand how to cook things and, and exploring a lot more.
1: Did you develop a specialty?
0: You know, I didn't, and that's the thing is I never made the same thing twice, and that drove some people crazy. <laughs> so they would say, oh, I love that pasta that you made the last time. Can you make it again? And I would say, I really wish I could, but I can't remember what I did last time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you decide that it was time to take you know, your that love of cooking or, or that experimental cooking um, and turn it into uh, an actual degree and, and go to the Culinary School of Fort Worth?
0: It was an interesting story because I was actually – um at a wine bar paparazzi's wine room used to be just down the hall from the culinary school and it's not there anymore but i was actually leaving the wine bar and i saw a copy of fort worth foodie magazine which at the time was a couple had created one issue of the magazine and i picked it up and i just love the content that was in it because when i go to publications even now i go straight to the food that's the one piece that i want to see i ignore everything else and that was all food And I looked up and I saw the culinary school down the hall and thought immediately, I really want to explore this more. And I signed up for an information session the next week. And I signed up that day uh, to start going to the culinary school. So it was, it honestly wasn't something I had even thought about before. It was literally a split decision when I picked that up um, and started going to the school.
1: That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Um, And what was that experience like uh, at the school?
0: I had a great experience. I mean, our instructors were fantastic, and I had, you know, a great group of students that were in the class that were from all types of backgrounds. You know, some were people that were retired and just wanting to get to know a little bit more about food and, and culinary, and some were, you know, kids that were just out of high school that, you know, that was going to be their career. And so I, I loved having that spectrum of the people that were there in the school and, you know, learning those French basics and that I didn't know Before, so you know, I had a great experience with that.
1: Um, So during this time, and and even up to now, um, you still you work with AT and T outside the food industry, obviously. Um, But uh, while you're at school, um, you did begin publishing for Fort Worth Foodie, uh, which you just brought up. Um, Was this always what you had planned to do with your career? Was kind of stick on with AT and T and and work for Fort Worth Foodie, Um, or did you have other avenues that you were looking to pursue?
0: No, it was not something I was looking at at all. And in fact, when I started going to culinary school, it was really more about, you know, exploring, having this feeling of I want to do something with food. I don't know if it has to do with working in a restaurant. Um, I just wanted to to find out more and see where, where my place was in it. Um, and it just happened to be that I guess maybe two or three months after I started school, I went to the website of this magazine that I had picked up once and they said, hey, we've created just one issue. We're moving out of state. I'm looking for somebody to take this over. So I ended up, you know, buying that from them and it was very unexpected and I've never worked in publishing. I've never, you know, written. I just know I love food and I love Fort Worth and it just seemed like the right thing to do and just had to learn along the way.
1: Yeah, that that is so cool. That's like the dream right there to me is <laughs> like just doing something like that. I think it's great. Um so what what were those first few years or uh even I guess more months um, like with Fort Worth Foodie, I mean, that must have been a total scramble. You're going to school and, and you're trying to balance this magazine. What was that like?
0: Oh, it was. I mean, I'm working, you know, a corporate career during the day. I'm going to school in the evenings, and then I'm trying to put together a, a magazine and whatever time is left in evenings and weekends. And, and it was really difficult. Um, but every issue along the way, I kept picking up more and more people, and, and I wasn't even reaching out trying to find them. I was looking for people, but the ones that found me, sought me out and they saw the magazine and they loved what was there and they saw that they could do something to help. Um because I look back at the first issue and there's fonts all over that don't make <laughs> any sense. There's I mean if somebody looked at that from from the perspective of publication, it it was terrible. But people saw completely through that and saw the content and the love for food and for worth that was there. And so every single issue would pick up somebody that wanted to write and do photography and, you know, just add to that. And so that made it so much easier along the way was picking up these, these fantastic people in Fort Worth that wanted to help us out.
1: That's great. Um, so you personally, you wanted to, uh, or maybe not you wanted to, but I've noticed uh, reading some of your articles that you highlighted a lot of the independent, um, restaurants in Fort Worth. What drew you to the independent restaurants as opposed to the bigger ones?
0: You know, really just wanting to show off my city and, um, I feel like I wanted to drive people away from, you know, seeking out the chains and and the places that they're used to going and and even for myself trying to get outside of my comfort zone and saying let me try something that's new. Let me try to support these people that are in Fort Worth that are doing an amazing job in the food industry and make sure that other people know about it too. So that's really what it became was saying, okay, let's take, you know, all these independents in Fort Worth and give people a place to find that information that's all in one spot.
1: What are, your, what are some of your favorites in Fort Worth?
0: Oh, there's way too many. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of my go-tos has always been Tokyo Cafe um, and really anything that uh, Mary and Jerry Hope put their hands on with uh, that and Shinjuku Station and uh, Canon Chinese. I love that family of restaurants. Um, really love Marcus Pazley's restaurants, uh, Clay Pigeon and Piatello. Those are absolutely two of my favorites. And, you know, I mean, and all of these are places that, I feel like you can go for any occasion. Some people find certain things that are, oh, that's a special occasion restaurant, and and I don't think those places should be seen that way. I mean, they they have something that really reaches everyone. You can go into Clay Pigeon for an amazing steak dinner, or you can go in to have a glass of wine and a charcuterie and cheese plate, and you you can really make, make what you want of it.
1: Do you have a hole-in-the-wall place that maybe people haven't heard of that you love? Um, maybe you don't want to get it out on the podcast, <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> I've been told that before. People have told me, oh, I have this great hole-in-the-wall. I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. You know, I really love um, going to Lay's Walk over on uh, Rosedale, uh, which used to be a convenience store. And, I mean, it used to be convenience, and you'd walk in, and there'd be convenience on one side, and you'd go in and order your, your food on the other, but... Uh now they've gotten rid of the convenience store portion of it and they serve some great Asian food over there and um really enjoy going there and yeah there's there's lots of great spots around town. <laughs>
1: uh, how would you say that the independent restaurant scene has changed in Fort Worth um uh, from the time when you started in 2009 to 10 years later today?
0: Um oh gosh, it's changed dramatically. I mean, it used to be in and even further before that, just so much of the people thought of it as steaks and burgers and, you know, that's what you get in Fort Worth and barbecue. And I think it's just expanded so much um, across lots of different um, aspects of culinary from, you know, getting great um, Thai and Chinese and um, tapas. And, you know, there's, there's more things that are popping up that are trying to fill some of those gaps.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, I forget who it was that we had on the podcast, whether it was uh, Marcus Uh, who you had mentioned, or Russell Kirkpatrick. Um, It was one of them had mentioned that they didn't think that Thai food could last in Fort Worth, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago. Uh, That was just such a foreign concept. Um, Why do you think that there has been this kind of change uh, in the restaurant scene in Fort Worth?
0: I think, you know, just the people are changing. Um, There's so many people that are moving from out of state. I mean, it's become a great destination just, you know, work-wise with people moving um, from from all over the place coming to Fort Worth that have been more open to a lot um, of different types of food. And so I think that's changed a lot. And also just the fact that so many other publications are making food more prominent and are getting it out there a lot more. And it's causing people to want to to really want to explore their own city.
1: So how did you come up with your blog ideas from week to week um, to keep things fresh and interesting? That's something I've always struggled with as a writer. Um, so maybe this is a selfish question where <laughs> I just want to learn. Uh, but how, how did you keep things interesting and, and how do you keep things fresh for that audience?
0: Well, you know, when I had the magazine, it was, and, and this is the part that I really miss about having the magazine, is having um, meetings with our team and, really just talking about what are you hearing about? Where have you been? And at the time, you know, it's it's fun to look back at our team. It was, you know, Carrie Crow who's doing Melt now. And, you know, where was she exploring before she had that? And and Callie Sals with uh, Myron Sage and Celestina Block, who you interviewed recently, who wrote the uh, uh, Lost, to, restaurant, right, so right, Lost Restaurants yeah. of Fort Worth. <laughs> and that was our team. I mean, so many more people that I, you know, I haven't even named, but it was all of us sitting around a table and saying, hey, what have you heard? What's new? And that's really how we kept up with everything. Um, And now, you know, it's a little bit different doing more of just the social media at this point. And, but it's the same thing. It's getting together with, you know, sometimes it's still the same group of people and other friends that I have and, um, and just finding out what are you hearing about um, and trying to go and and find out what's new.
1: Um, How much would you say that your time spent in the kitchen uh, going to school um, influenced your writing style?
0: Um. I think it definitely influenced more the the people that I got to know more than it did my writing style especially because at that point I was I'm not the best writer and I was having <laughs> luckily finding many other people to do the writing for me but I think it definitely um changed you know who I was meeting I was part of um the Texas Chefs Association and so, just meeting those people and hearing their stories that have been doing this for so long—that's mostly it, it opened me up to knowing more about the history of Fort Worth and knowing, you know, more of those historic restaurants and and knowing where we came from, um, and also hearing just from those what's what's coming up, what's new, what do what do they hear that their patrons want, um, and just understanding how to help them because in the end, it was really more about getting their stories out. And In hearing directly from them, what do you need? What can I do that can help promote what you're trying to do in Fort Worth?
1: And do you have trouble? So I asked Celestina this question, um, and I thought her answer was kind of funny. So I want to hear it from you. (laughs) Um, Do you have trouble when you go out to a restaurant um, looking at it just as I'm just going to go out and have a good time and eat a meal? (laughs) Or are you kind of critiquing the whole experience?
0: Um, I think I do less critiquing the experience, but it does make me, you know, look at a menu and I think, oh, what's, what's going to look good in a photograph if I photograph it? Is that going, is that going to be too much brown or beige? Let me get something that has some color (laughs) in it. So I think it definitely changes what I'm looking at from that perspective.
1: Uh, So let's shift a little bit from uh, Fort Worth Foodie and uh, let's talk about uh, the Cooking Matters program um, Mm -hmm. that you worked with for a little bit uh, through the Tyrant Area Food Bank. Um, Could you just tell me a little bit about the program and um, what you, what all you did there?
0: Sure, they have a fantastic program um, helping, you know, teach low-income families how to cook healthy in their home and do it on a budget. Um, so they've taught these classes and held these classes where the first piece of the class, um, there's a nutritionist um, that teaches the first hour and talks about, you know, certain grains or um, or different fruits or vegetables and then and why they're healthy, why you should incorporate them in your diet. And then the second half, I would be the chef instructor for that portion and we'd take what they just learned and we would cook a meal together. Um, and I've done those for kids' classes and adults' classes. And, and it's funny because I think the kids are actually more open to trying new things than the <laughs> adults are. Um, and so that's a lot of fun. And then everyone gets to take home um, a sack of groceries that they take home to their family so that they're encouraged to go and cook that meal again together. So, and I, I think it's a fantastic program that I've been part of for quite a while. Um and they're always looking for, you know, different, whether it's chef instructors or other people, they have volunteers that um, go to the grocery store to buy the meals for the class. They need nutritionists. And so there's just so many people that go into making those work.
1: And I'll include um, the link to how to sign up and everything oh, great! Um, into the bio of this podcast. So if you're interested in that, uh, you could go check that out further. Um, what was that like uh, trying to teach? Because um, you don't have a teaching background, right. right? So what was that like trying to teach? Um, adults and kids, and, and two totally different teaching styles, and you're kind of learning on the fly. Oh, is that definitely. crazy?
0: Yes, a, a little bit, especially, well, again, I would say especially with the kids, but it's surprising how much more difficult it is sometimes with adults <laughs> than it is children. Uh, the kids aren't really looking at your mistakes as much as as the adults are, um, but it was not really a great way to learn how to teach, and and. And it really just had to adjust for every group. Some groups were, you know, very quiet. And so it was more about, you know, trying to engage them and how to get somebody that's in the background to get more engaged. And maybe they didn't cut something in this class. So I want to make sure that they're learning chopping skills in the next class um, because it is a six-week course. So the good thing is you're seeing people over and over again. Um, whereas some classes, it's very boisterous. And you have those people that kind of want to come in and, and take over a little bit. But you find out, say... And, you know, use them to say, oh, you know, you do something differently. Help teach us, you know, what you've learned. How do you do it at home and help incorporate that. So it's interesting because every class is different and and you think you have it after a class. And then you have a totally different group the next six weeks and and you have to learn it all over again. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, So we mentioned before you... Uh, you wear many different hats in the uh, culinary community, and I even uh, ran it by you before we started. If that was a good description, you're like, yeah, <laughs> Definitely. That, that pretty much describes it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your time with the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival. Uh, I think you started there in 2014, um, right? So you've been working uh, for five years now um, with them. And, and we have Russell Kirkpatrick on the podcast, um, and he said it's consistently one of his favorite things to do every year. Right. Um, do you feel the same way?
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, and Russell's the one that, that brought me into it a couple of years, you know, before the first festival, when he had the idea, he brought together a group of people just to say, hey, here's what, you know, what I'm working on. I think you should be involved. I'm not sure in what capacity yet, but, you know, here's what we're working on. And then a little bit later in the process, he came and said, okay, I think I know what your place is here. And, and I think it's um, helping to lead the volunteers for festival. And, that sounded like a small job. So, so no problem. Like, you know, I've got a great group of friends. I can get some people together to to volunteer and help make this happen. And I had no idea that it would be 250 volunteers over 4 days, 6 events. I honestly, I'm glad I didn't know what I was getting into because I probably would have said no. And and Russell probably didn't realize what he was asking of me at the time either. Um, but now, you know, we have leads for every event and we have so many other, you know, the the chef committee and the beverage committee. And I mean, there's several committees with everyone that has different leads working with them. And I mean, there's just such a huge team involved in making that happen. Um, and every year I'm so exhausted and I do have that moment of thinking, I don't think I can do this again. And then you meet with everyone and you know, they're so excited about it and you hear everyone's reaction to the festival and it's hard not to go back and do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and is there a specific thing that draws you back or is it just the uh, experience as a whole?
0: Well, it's definitely, you know, the people. I mean, number one, you know, for me, the volunteers, because that's what, what I'm in front of all the time. But also, it you know, I became part of the festival right when I finished publishing the magazine. And so it kind of took over that piece, that desire that I had to want to, you know, make the community more aware of all these wonderful restaurants that we have in Fort Worth. So it still helps to feed that desire to do that. It kind of just, you know, formed in a different way in a completely different manner of getting that across. So that's definitely what keeps me coming back.
1: And why do you think the festival is so important for Fort Worth?
0: Well, you know, going back to kind of the steak and burgers and barbecue, I think so many people see us as just that. Um, And I think the festival really helps put the spotlight on, yes, we are that, and we are really great at that, but there's so many other things that we're amazing at too. And we want to show off not only those places that have been around for a long time, but right next to them, I want you to see who the new up-and-coming chef is that just started this year.
1: Cool. that's uh, I, I attended for the first time this year. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I think it's, it's really neat and probably looking to volunteering for it next year. Good. Um, I think it's a great thing for the community. Um, so just to kind of wrap this up, um, I want to ask you – You've done cooking, you've done writing, you've done volunteering, you've done teaching. Um uh, where do you see your career going from here, um, especially focused uh, in the food industry? And what are some of your f- uh, future goals within the industry?
0: yeah, i want to I want to keep helping promote you know Fort Worth, and I think where it goes from here is not just culinary. And that's where I want to start looking a little bit more past that is you know there's now there's so much, you know, where, Not that we were lacking 10 years ago when I started, but it wasn't where it was now. And so then I felt like there was a gap and I wanted to fill it. And now it's being filled by so many and so many different ways and so many different people and ways to do that. Um, I think the next step is kind of looking outside of that and trying to find out what else can I help do in my community? Because, I mean... It's just hard not to love this city and, and want to help promote that.
1: Yeah, that's that's really cool. And, and you're clearly a, a very busy person. Uh, so it's it's neat that that's one of your priorities. Um, and also neat that you took the time out to come on the podcast. So thank you again so much, Crystal, for your time. And uh, it's really been a treat talking to you today. Thank you. Thanks again to Crystal for coming on to the podcast. Definitely go check out Fort Worth Foodie. It's great. Um, and, uh, look at Fort Worth food and wine festival next year. Um, when it pops back up, it is, is really a cool experience. Um, and I could not recommend enough, um, to people to go. Um, if you enjoyed that podcast, why don't you go ahead and leave us a review. You can do it right there on iTunes. You can hit subscribe first of all. So you get notified when all the newest podcasts come out. Um, but you can also give us a rating. Uh, please make it five stars if you liked it and write us a review. It really helps us. Um, and you can do that all on iTunes. If you're listening on the web browser on SoundCloud, you can uh, subscribe to us there as well. And same thing, you will get notified of all of our latest podcasts. You should also go check out our page on Facebook. Just look up the culinary school of Fort Worth and on Instagram, it's culinary school FTW. You will find us on both of those sites um, this way you can keep up to date with everything going on. We have a lot of videos coming out. Our how to video series is, is picking up steam. So we have a lot of great instruction from our chef instructors on those videos. Um, you can also see pictures of the day to day of what's going on at the culinary school. If you know someone here, or if you just love seeing pictures of food, that's the place for you. Uh, we also have some blog posts as well as our latest podcast will be posted in both of those spots. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks.